Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Good morning. Beamaz and Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Lucas, nice Friday morning open. Really, really like that one. Brian, I have to say, watching the uh, opening ceremonies here for the Olympics in the studio, I love that they put the map on the screen. Because I do not know where most of these countries are. It is. It's like a little, um, you know, back to school for everybody here when you get to the opening ceremony. And it is one of the things that I do like about the opening ceremonies. A little geography lesson for everybody. You see some of the, how small some of the countries are, right? Yeah. How big some of the other ones are. Um, you know, it's a, you watch like a delegation of athletes and it's like six people and then the U.S. comes out and we got, <laughs> we're filling the stadium with a whole bunch of different people. It, it's, uh, I think it's very cool. Um, is Australia allowed? Were they allowed out for the Olympics? I, I didn't start watching that early. Or, oh, they're not doing it alphabetically? That, no. Then I don't know. It's, it goes by like a different thing. You never know what's coming next. That's why you got to keep watching. You never know what's going to come. Well, actually, you do. There's a little thing that tells you on the bottom of the screen. Oh, that I just there it saw. is. But, yeah, they go from A to V, another V, a B, a V, a B. So not sure what al- alphabet they're using um, <laughs> over there in Japan. But that's how it's going on. The opening ceremonies for the Olympics that – you know, I'm not. I'm not sure if there's. There really doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz around the Olympics at all this year. I, I don't know what it is. If it's because of the way that they're taking place, if it's, I don't know, something to do with just everybody not wanting. Like Aaron Minkowski said, we asked him about. You know, are you looking forward to watching any of the games? And he was just kind of mentioning. You know, it's just, it's just too nice to be inside watching yeah. this all the time. I, I think that probably has something to do with it too. Yeah, I mean, once it's on. You know, I'll watch the baseball. I'll watch basketball. I mean, I watched rowing last night, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, oh, I'm looking forward to this, this, and this. But once it's on, I'll find myself flipping through the the events. I'm sure there's still appointment people like gymnastics, yeah. um, the track and field, some of the track and field events. I should say, not all of them. Those spotlight the, events yeah. they replay at night, hundred meters, uh, things like that. I think those will still gather uh, attention. But you know, for the most part, it's it's a little. A little underwhelming for some reason yep. or another this year. Hopefully next year it's not quite as much. The time zone difference has a little bit to do with that. Next year, the Winter Olympics in China, I mean, that's most of these events are going to be on at you know, 3, 4, 5 a.m. That will be a little bit different. It will be a little harder to get people around because you, you do like to watch live. Well, great for us. It, it is. I'm... Uh, I can't wait. I do want to, before we get into what we were going to talk about, what do you think of the NHL putting aside the two weeks, but not 100% committing to players being in the Olympics next year? It's good. I mean, they hopefully they're in the Olympics. I, I, I want to see it. It's been me. too long. Yes. Um, you know, it's the one thing about, and we're watching to see if Jack Eichel's still going to be a saber. 
I was so looking forward to watching Jack Eichel, Buffalo Sabre, in the Olympics for Team USA. <laughs> it hasn't happened. The, the <laughs> NHL wasn't in the Olympics last time around. It's it's disappointing. So I hope they go back. It is going to be weird. There's not a single Sabres home game in the entire month of right. February, <laughs> right in the middle of the season. So that's a little strange. But, no, I, I think it's still a good move, and hopefully they'll be there. And maybe that'll, uh, you know, next year I'll be juiced up for the Winter Olympics, which I always like a little bit better anyway. Yeah. Hey, even when there weren't NHL players, I found myself watching all the hockey games. Yeah, so. the hockey, the curling, everything else. Well, all right. So 9-10 uh, uh, here, and we're, we're getting into what is, you know, increasingly more and more around the country. You're hearing things. Uh, it's almost as if we're going backwards a little bit. <laughs> When it comes to COVID, first it was Los Angeles, and we talked a lot about that last week with reinstating the mask mandate there. And then other cities kind of uh, following suit, not going as far as to reinstate the mask mandate, but saying that, you know, well, we strongly recommend everybody wear masks indoors, even if you're vaccinated. Cities like Philadelphia have done this, New Orleans has done this. And it's kind of growing and growing across the country as more and more people have concerns over these cases that we're seeing. Uh, The president, um, you know, kind of alluded to, you know, maybe it it could be smart to wear a mask in the future. And I believe I'm trying to think if it was the county executive or somebody else was making somewhat of a similar statement that, you know, well, we could see the return. You know, we uh, will still have the ability to put in a mask mandate of something like that. And, and we do want to we do want to know if you, there is any going backwards in your mind. If you've gotten the COVID vaccine, you can let us know. 803-0930. Uh, if you're going backwards at all, if that's ever an option for you, because I don't think it is for most people. And we asked this. We had Dr. Tom Russo on earlier today and i think it's the two key questions when it comes to reinstating a mask mandate and i mean explicitly saying and here's a big part of that they're saying regardless of vaccination status which is the thing that i think is raising alarm bells in people's minds and they ask the two questions and these are the two questions that we asked dr russo earlier this morning because it causes confusion Did the science change since the CDC said vaccinated people don't have to wear masks indoors? Or is there a new data point showing that the vaccines don't work? I mean, those are the two questions that you might have when you hear vaccinated people wear masks indoors again in certain parts of the country. The answer to those two questions is simply no. I mean, no, you you still, if you have had the vaccine, you have nothing to worry about. And it just raises more questions of what exactly you're doing when it comes to creating messaging around COVID. We also asked Dr. Russo about, you know, some of the news that was put out there, the headlines this week around the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that millions of people have gotten. I mean, the headline itself, I, I got it sent to my email. Johnson & Johnson vaccine, much less effective against Delta other variants and then they put a little colon study like as if that's going to undo the damage of the <laughs> sentence long headline that you just read that's 
I mean, really misleading. It's And we asked Dr. Russo about it. And he said, yeah, well, that was done. It was a study done here in New York State, but it's a lab study. And it's a small sample size. And if you look at the big sample size, which is the United States of America, right? And, and you look at the effectiveness that that particular vaccine has against Delta, has against all these other variants. Most people, you should have nothing to really worry about. That the vaccine works fine against this. Yet there's one study that's not peer-reviewed that comes out, and all of a sudden all the headlines are scare, scare, scare. And then you know what you see, Joe? You see people in the same sentence, whether it's a politician talking about vaccinated people wearing masks now indoors in L.A., Philadelphia, New Orleans, or somewhere else, or whether it's somebody on the news on you know one of these cable networks or during a broadcast uh, giving a headline of Johnson & Johnson vaccine might not be effective against the uh, Delta variant, even though that's probably not true and it's just a, an outlier study that was done in a lab somewhere. And then in the same sentence, you say, still trying to get people to be vaccinated. <laughs> right. What is going on? I It boggles my mind how nobody is like, open up your eyes and see how saying this, and we'll go again, it is misinformation to push the mask mandate indoors on vaccinated people to uh, say this that, oh, even despite all the real-world data we have that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine still holds up and is working fine against these variants, to say the opposite thing, which is misinformation. It's not the type of misinformation that the Surgeon General's warning you about, but it is. And then in the same breath, say, why aren't people getting the vaccine? I, we can't figure it out. It it never ceases to amaze me. No, they're, they're going against themselves, you know? I mean, you have a percentage of the country right now who ha- who either refuse to get the vaccine or have not been convinced to get the vaccine, which I guess is the same thing. Uh, but, you know, if I lived in Philadelphia and I hadn't gotten the vaccine yet, and now I'm being told that even after getting that vaccine, you still have to do this, this, and this, I am going to question the... Um, the efficacy of the vaccine. Why would you be asking people who are vaccinated to wear a mask if the vaccine was, I mean, it was advertised as 94%, but if it's even 85% effective, like Dr. Russo said against uh, the Delta variant, that's still a pretty good reason to be able to ditch the mask once you're vaccinated. You're saying one thing, doing another. And yes, it's not help. It's not going to help with the people who have held out to this point because you are talking about people who have passed at some point on the vaccine. If July twenty third, you're still not vaccinated, so you're not helping the case that you claim to want to help by getting more people vaccinated. You're not helping when you put a mask mandate or say even if you're vaccinated, we recommend you wear a mask. And I go back to our conversations with the experts locally. Dr. Nancy Nielsen, she was on our show. What did she say? She said, if you are vaccinated, you don't need to worry. Right. If you're vaccinated and you're next to in line at a grocery store, someone who's unvaccinated and that unvaccinated person is not wearing a mask, you don't have to worry. 
And, and that is not my words. That's Dr. Nielsen, uh, who knows way more than I do. And, and she was very, uh, she made sure that she wanted to get that point across. She said that a few times in our interview, that you once you are fully vaccinated, two weeks after that second shot or two weeks after your one dose Johnson Johnson, you are protected. You are 90-some percent protected and 100% uh, protected against you know um, hospitalization or 90-some percent. She was. She wanted to get that point across because of all the fake, uh, the misinformation that had been thrown around. And, and that's the part. It's misinformation. Where exactly is this coming from? Because I look at what is in the headlines of the mainstream media outlets, and a lot of it could be construed as misinformation if you go back and actually look at what the health experts are really saying and not try and boil it down into a couple of buzzwords or uh, some sort of you know other uh, sentence that doesn't really uh, capture the spirit of things. And part of that is this breakthrough infection that we keep yeah. hearing about. When everyone hears the word breakthrough, what does that sound like? It sounds like the vaccine doesn't work. Didn't work at all. The opposite is true. Uh, the breakthrough infections, for the most part, what you're seeing in any sort of numbers is an infection that was discovered because of routine screening that the CDC recommends against. Why? Because there is an increasing concern that you're over-testing people who are immune from being vaccinated and asymptomatic. Where are you doing this? Well, I'm sure that a lot of people at the workplace still have to do some form of testing. Hey, we're hearing about the NFL, right, where they're still going to be testing uh, players who are not high-risk groups and they're not, um, you know, in close contact. They're just routine testing, even if there's no symptoms or no close contact. Now, what does this result in? You are going to have asymptomatic, vaccinated, or otherwise immune people testing positive, even if they pose no health threat to themselves or others, because these tests will pick up any you know, form of the virus that could be in your nose, it could be anything, and you know, all of a sudden you are positive for COVID, even if the virus didn't take in your body. And even if it did take, you are protected by the vaccine, and that's right. going to help prevent you from spreading it. It's going to help prevent you from suffering any serious illness. So by you know, that's the long way of saying it. Apparently, the short way of saying this into in the media is to say breakthrough cases, which, again, I think gives the complete wrong uh, picture in people's minds. And this is the misinformation that you should be worried about. It's very misleading. And another thing, Brian, not only uh, at the most will you have a mild case, but it's also very unlikely there is there has been no research done that shows that vaccinated people are spreading the, the virus. So I think it's also misleading in that, that these breakthrough cases, they're at the most mild, mostly asymptomatic, and they're not spreading the virus because, like you said, it, it, it's not a heavy dose of uh, the COVID virus. And I, it, it just and this is why you get so much criticism in uh, in the media, and this you know it's a headline like that about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and it's and then you wonder why people aren't a hundred percent trusting of what they hear, um, you, you know even if it is a reputable source because you have stuff like this that it go it flies in the face 
of what you're hearing from, you know, the actual reputable sources uh, that we're supposed to be relying on, which is the experts in the field. Um, I'll go back to another. Uh, Dr. Snyder, I believe, is the one. You know, we talked to a lot of doctors. I believe it was Dr. Snyder over at Kaleida Health who said that, in the, this was his opinion, that it, over the next decade, over the next several years, everybody is going to come in contact with COVID. Right. Everyone, it, maybe not get COVID. or And his argument for the vaccine was, you are going to plan on it. You know, you are going to come in contact with COVID. Do you want to do that with protection and help from the vaccine or not? And that's the way he looked at it and what he was telling his patients. And, you know, that would kind of shed a little bit of light when you see this breakthrough. It's people doing what is going to happen, coming in contact with COVID, but having the protection of a vaccine, which is why the hospitalization numbers, everything else is still way down here and not skyrocketing, which, again, is something that you look at some of the stories that have been out there over the past week, you think it's Armageddon 2.0, right. when that's not really the picture that you're seeing, in especially here in Western New York, uh, but also in many areas of the country. It's not what you're really seeing in hospitals. And, you know, all this is happening, while I'll say it again, it boggles my mind how we're doing this, and this is supposedly the same groups of people who are spreading out this information and sharing all this, who are trying to say also, get vaccinated, what's wrong with you, why won't you get vaccinated? There was a story out this week, gained a lot of attention, of uh, somebody who uh, got COVID, and they were in the hospital with COVID. So a very serious form of COVID, and they were hospitalized. And he spoke with CBS News about getting the vaccine if he regretted his decision and here's part of that from cbs here i am recovering getting out of here finally tomorrow am i going to get a vaccine no um why not because there's too many issues with these vaccines. This father, former baseball coach, small business owner and hunter caught covid and then he developed pneumonia before you got sick if you would have had a chance to get the vaccine and prevent this would you have taken the vaccine nope. So you'd have gone through this? I'd have gone through this, yes, sir. Don't shove it down my throat. That's what's local, state, federal administration is trying to do, to shove it down your throat. What are they shoving, the science? No, they're shoving the fact that that's their agenda. The agenda is to get you vaccinated. You know who Mr. Scalise is? I know who Steve Scalise is very well. Roe, who is a Republican, had not heard that Steve Scalise, the second-ranking House Republican in Congress, had stepped into the forefront yesterday as a vaccine proponent. We asked him to read the congressman's statement. He thinks that it's safe and effective. And what's your reaction? Not proven. But does his opinion change yours? No, it does not. All right, so there is uh, the man in the hospital uh, with COVID and some of what he had to say. And, and can I say this? I, I, I found it amazing that the reporter was stunned that just because a politician that you may agree with <laughs> said the vax, that they, they believe in the vaccine and this guy's mind was changed. You're not swayed by what a politician had to say? And, and it goes back to what you and I said a few weeks ago that you know maybe the best thing is to is to stop pushing it or have the people who are pushing it stop pushing it well, because um, there are people no matter if you like them or not that I, I you're going to find this hard to believe 
don't just eat up everything a politician said, no matter if it's someone they politically agree with. Politician, celebrity, athlete, newscaster. I mean, it, it, you can put the person on TV. It doesn't have to be a politician. It could be anybody. Right. Uh, is it – this is what – I've been trying to say for a lot, uh, a long period of time is that a good amount of critical thinking and listening could go a long way if this is your voice. Now, the immediate reaction, of course, online, amongst the same people who claim to want to get everybody vaccinated, was to do what? Point and laugh at a, you know, oh, right. th- what an idiot. Oh, this guy, can you believe this? Oh, this is what we're up against. These people will never get vaccinated. Instead of, you know, if your end goal really is, uh, to get people vaccinated, why don't you listen to what this guy right. has to say? Why don't you listen to what this guy has to say? What did he have to say? Don't shove it down my throat. That's what this is his direct quote. That's what local, state, federal administration is trying to do. Shove it down your throat. And what did the reporter come back with? Uh, kind of condescendingly, what are they shoving? The science? No, they're shoving the fact that it's their agenda is what the man said. Their agenda is to get you vaccinated. Now, a lot of people would agree, pretty much all the doctors, everyone we've had on this program, that that's a pretty good agenda to try and get people inoculated from COVID. But if you listen, if your goal is to reach people who are hesitant about getting vaccinated and you don't even attempt to listen to what they say and adapt your message, what do you think the end result is going to be. And we'll have more on this when we come back. Beam as and Beamer on WBEM. It's Beam as. And- hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Beamer, News Radio 930 WBEN. We're back here on Beamaz and Beamer um, and, and talking about this vaccination issue uh, and, and all the issues that have arisen with COVID over the last couple of weeks. And it's the new masking uh, push that's out there in certain cities, L.A., and then this week we saw it in Philadelphia and New Orleans as well. The idea that there are breakthrough cases when that might not be the best word to describe it, and then, you know, all these stories, and then, of course, turned right around with the push for vaccination. And I want to play again something that we did in the last uh, half hour. This is from CBS News. A man who is sick, hospitalized with COVID, uh, did not get the vaccine beforehand, and was asked if he would change his mind after everything he's been through. Here I am recovering, getting out of here finally tomorrow. Am I going to get a vaccine? No. Um, Why not? Because there's too many issues with these vaccines. This father, former baseball coach, small business owner, and hunter caught COVID and then he developed pneumonia. Before you got sick, if you would have had a chance to get the vaccine and prevent this, would you have taken the vaccine? So you'd have gone through this? I'd have gone through this, yes, sir. Don't shove it down my throat. That's what's local, state, 
federal administration is trying to do is shove it down your throat. What are they shoving? The science? No, they're shoving the fact that that's their agenda. All right, so there is uh, that man talking with CBS about uh, why he would still not get vaccinated after being hospitalized with COVID. Wouldn't change his mind. And, of course, the reaction is to make fun of him, to point and laugh, to say, oh, how stupid. How could you make this decision? And I just it boggles my mind because that's the reaction from the same people who uh, supposedly, according to them, want to get everyone vaccinated, want to show people that the vaccines are, you know, very uh, effective. Um, You know, even this reporter uh, obviously believes in the vaccine because very condescending when he's saying, well, what are they shoving? Now, I think maybe, just maybe, it might be time to take the opposite route, right? Uh, That I've been clamoring for for months. Doesn't seem to work. Um, But... What if we listen to this guy? If you really want, and I'm really to believe, that you want to reach people who are not vaccinated and show them that getting the vaccine is the best for their own health and the health of other people, why don't you listen to the things he said? And what does he start off with? You wouldn't get the vaccine. No. Don't shove it down my throat. That's what he said. Right. So if you're asking, you know, what's the reason he didn't get the vaccine? I He mentioned some other things in there, some other things that could be debunked. But no, what's the first thing that he said? Don't shove it down my throat. I That is a powerful statement coming from somebody who had just dealt with COVID worse than 90 whatever percent right. of people who have had COVID. The guy's lying in a hospital bed talking to this reporter. And, and, and that is such a powerful statement of, all right, and he still would not get the vaccine. Why? Because he's so bothered by the approach that's been put out there of get it, get it, get it. If you don't get it, you're stupid. If you don't get it, you're risking everyone's health. You have to get it. Um, you're going to die if you don't get it. And, you know, this... Pound, 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 pound that is clearly not working with people who, again, supposedly you say that you want to reach, right? And it's it's still, it boggles my mind that that can still be the approach when this is who they're telling you. It's not Morse code. It's not, you know, oh, how do we reach? You're being told how a mind can be changed. You're being told, and you're still not going with it. How that happens. I mean, listen, for some people, and I think this is the number one reason, what I hear, and the number one reason that makes sense, right, is people don't want to get the vaccine, don't want to get it because it is so new, it is freshly developed, and it is under emergency use authorization, didn't right. go through the normal process of a vaccine before that would go in the arms of millions of people. And for a vast majority of people, only time is going to heal that. And the more you, according, you know, to quote this guy, shove it down their throat, the more you pound the desk, beat over the head, 
I think the longer it takes, because the more hardened your stance becomes if somebody is telling you, right. no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You are digging your feet further in the into the dirt, and you're less likely to you know, be open-minded to anything when no one else is being open-minded to you. Well, and also, on top of all that, ridicule and intimidation doesn't usually change people's minds. And you're seeing a lot of that toward those who are like this gentleman, who are making the decision right now not to get the vaccine just because someone's intimidating them or ridiculing them. That's not going to change their mind. Again, it goes back to what you said. It probably will make them more hardened on what their um, opinion is. Charles in Hamburg, you're on WBEN. How's it going? Hey, pretty good. Um, yeah, just a couple of things about this uh, uh, conversation. One of the reasons I think a lot of people are not taking this thing, including myself, is because um, it, it's new technology. It's never been done on people. Uh, it, well, it's, it's never been done on people. That's what's new. But the thing is, what they don't tell you, which means it's not informed consent, is that um, you will be growing parts of a foreign creature in your body for the rest of your life. What is that going to do to you? There's no off switch. They can't debunk anything like that. It's the truth. Well, Charles, let me ask you a question. I think it's the central question. of, And there's millions of people in your shoes who are saying the exact same thing that you are. If what is the amount of time, you know, this vaccine has been taken by millions of people? And there's, you know, there's others, too. Uh, so much attention uh, gets into uh, uh, the mRNA vaccines. There's other vaccines, too, that use different types of technology uh, that use more traditional technology as well. Uh, is there a certain amount of time or amount of people where you would say, OK, well, I'm not seeing a negative side effect from this huge sample size of people I, I think it would be safe to take myself, or is there not? Uh, no, I think I'd rather uh, remain uh, the way I am, having human cells that grow other human parts and not foreign creatures in me. And yes, maybe a different vaccination would be uh, more more appealing, but these people uh, that, that are pushing it, they're not interested in that. It's like, get this, get it now, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, what if the government said, hey, everybody has to buy a Yugo and drive it for, you know, for the rest of your life? I don't think we'd go for that. Why, why, why is there no choice? All right, Charles, thanks for the call. I think you hear a little bit of there. I mean, I think part of that is, you know, growing a foreign being and you make it sound like alien where the guy's going to pop out of your stomach on the uh, uh, diner <laughs> table, right? Um, I mean, it's not that it's... <laughs> I, I hear so many different um, reasons for fighting the vaccine, including, and this is one that's brought up, this is one that was brought up by Bills players on Twitter uh, yesterday. Well, that COVID was made in a lab, so why would I take the, and my response to that is, okay, well, if COVID, if the lab leak hypothesis is true, which I think you have a lot of reason to believe that it is. I mean, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that points to that being a likely scenario. But if that's true, why would that change anything uh, in terms right. of you wanting to be protected from it? Or I, I would actually say that's if, you know, this virus was uh, made in a lab and then leaked out. They that would make me more likely to want something that's made in a lab to combat it, uh, specifically right. to combat it. Um, for myself. But that's just me speaking. Um, and, you know, for Charles, 
for a bunch of other people, and I think this especially goes for people who have had COVID, right? I I, I don't have a problem with Charles' decision. I don't uh, have a problem. No. As we talked before in the first half hour, what we heard from Nancy Nielsen, uh, Dr. Nielsen, um, a couple of weeks ago, where she said, if you've been vaccinated, if you have that uh, immunity, you don't need to worry about it. Right. And to each their own. I, I think the the push is, you know, more to protect your own health. You don't want to see people suffer the negative consequences. You have something that a lot of very smart people believe is going to safely protect you from doing that. I do think there should be more honesty and more uh, upfront of just less editorializing, I'll put it, of just stating the facts of every time there's one of these side effects. And we heard about this uh, men in a certain age bracket with myocarditis that would result from the vaccine. I don't need the extra anecdote that it's increasingly rare or, you know, very rare. You don't have to worry about it coming from somebody who's supposed to just give me the straight facts, right? I I mean, if you give people the straight facts and if they believe it, you won't have to do any of that extra convincing, And that will just be, it'll be over the course of time where you'll see that. And I do think Charles is kind of in the minority there where for a lot of people, and you're seeing this, this is actually um, a lot of people who have talked to media outlets who have gotten the vaccine recently as to, okay, you've waited a while. Uh, If you were hesitant at first, why? Well, you know, it's something new, but, you know, all these millions of people have gotten it and there's no real you know, a bad negative outcome on a large scale that I think it's fine. And over time, I think that is the way that more people see that. They they see that happening and you let people come to their own conclusions. And you listen to this guy in a hospital bed who's saying that the reason I won't get it is because it's being shoved down my throat and you adapt accordingly. You don't continue to throw that hammer around. Right. And I just want to say to what you said, you know, I've always said that I got the vaccine for my own personal reasons, but I respect anyone's decision to do so. And I, I wish we saw more of that because of what doctors have said, Nancy Nielsen being one of them, but many of them on this uh, on this show who have said, once you're vaccinated, you are protected. I'll let people make their decisions. That's the one free. That's one of the many freedoms we have in this country. And, and I say, if you want to get the vaccine, go get it. I got the vaccine, but I'm not I'm, I'm not going to force my opinion, especially on this, a personal decision onto anyone. And again, I think that's where you get a lot of this pushback. I, it just we all get into our own, especially now on mm-hmm. social media. Everyone likes to get into their own little echo chamber on, you know, you put out a point that you think is, wow, this is very controversial. But in reality, everyone who follows you on Twitter or is friends with you on Facebook agrees with the point and they egg you on. They say, oh, yeah. And then it becomes the only reason why you're tweeting that information. You're not looking to get information out to people. You're not convincing anybody. And you know that you're putting out information on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever, just to please all the people who follow you, and you're not changing anyone's mind. Your acts, you're actually, all you're really doing is kind of uh, cementing this divide that I think is really hurting any honest effort to, you know, move this whole process forward. Uh, Alex, you're on WBEN. What's on your mind? 
Hey, I'm a I'm a 29 year old. I'd say 90% of my friends, my age group, um, are not vaccinated, and you kind of hit it on the head. The more the the local government, the federal government, the media pushes this vaccine on us, all they're doing is making us dig in even further. The fact that they want me to get it so bad makes me less and less inclined to do so, and it's become sort of a schism for my fiance and I because we both haven't gotten it. She works somewhere where she has to wear a mask because she doesn't have the vaccine. So it's almost like wearing a Star of David for her and she's embarrassed. I'm lucky enough, I don't ever have to wear a mask. Nobody asked me my profession. You know, it's not a requirement for me, but I tell her all the time, listen, if, we, if I can't fly, if I can't go to the Bills games, to me, it's, it's about my morals and I'm not gonna capitulate so that I can go see, you know, my favorite rock band at our park or whatever. I'm I'm so dug in that I'm not going to do it. And the more they give away lotteries and this and that, the more they're turning off people like me. I swear, the more they try, the less likely we are to get it. Yeah, Alex, uh, you said you're 20? 29. Oh, 29. Okay. How many, uh, I'm assuming by now, you've known people around you, your age group, who have had COVID? Yeah. And what's generally, what's the outcome? So a couple of my close friends got it. They were roommates. Um, <clears throat> spread it to anybody if you can believe that. And actually, back around Christmas time, my father had gotten it, and he had a very mild case. He's probably 60. And he was in my office with me, my partner, and a bunch of employees. And nobody got it around him except for my partner. So for me, I have seen it's not that transmissible in my experience. Um, I and my fiance never got sick. And I'll be honest, we were never that careful. You know, in the first couple of weeks, we were terrified like everybody. But after that, we still kept seeing people like normal. We, we only wore masks, you know, when we had to in the store, in a restaurant. But we weren't extra careful. We never got sick. And I don't know if I got it and I was asymptomatic, but I should have had it 100 times by now. And I'm convinced that if I've been okay this far, why the heck do I need an experimental jab to protect me? I would Would you agree that if the coverage if the push for vaccination more closely represented what you see in your age group that might change your perception uh you know to kind of clarify what i mean if it was more recognized um and and put out there that you know what under 40 there might be less of a a push so to speak you know the the college tuition thing that we saw in new york state or you know some of these other quote-unquote incentives if there was more of a, hey, you know, if you're under 40, listen, we strongly recommend it, um, but we're going to focus on the other age group and uh, try and make sure that's patented down. If there was a more gentle approach, do you think your mind would be changed at all? Uh, not really. And listen, I hate when people call me anti-vax, okay? I've gotten plenty of vaccines in my life. It's the first one I don't want. Um, but like you just said, I was, I was kind of pushing, well, not pushing, but I encouraged my parents to get it. So I like to say if you're, you know, I'm going to generalize and say if you're over 50, you've already had kids, you know, you got nothing to worry about. You're probably more at risk. But if you're under 40, like you said, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I'm pretty healthy. I work out every single day. I eat right. I rarely ever get sick. So I'm not about to get some some jabs to, to make me feel better. And to me, it's like the mask thing. Like Fauci told us, don't wear masks. They don't do anything. And now people are still wearing them, whereas I don't feel any protection from a mask. I think it's people just feel better. And if they get the jab, it's almost like 
they become a social justice warrior in person. They're like, well, I got the jab. I did my part. So I feel like people think I'm an at, excuse me, they think I'm a jerk for not getting it. But I'm not, it doesn't faze me. I, I could care less. Yeah, Alex, hey, thanks for the call. You were your own dump button. I like that. Uh, Out of uh, a collar. <laughs> I, but, you know, it, it's, I think it's an important viewpoint. And if you really, if your goal is, um, as a true believer in the vaccines, if your goal is, right, to reach people who are not getting the vaccine, who despite being able to at, really at any time you want over the last two months get a vaccine, have not, you need to listen to people like Alex and it, not what, uh, you know, let's uh, go back to the quote here, not jump down his throat right. the second he says something you disagree yep. with. Because if that really is your goal, you need to understand where people are coming from. And I think the main point, Alex said it wouldn't change his mind. And I think what he said is very important there. And it does reflect a lot of people in our general age group and certainly a lot of people younger than ours. I thought he said 30. I thought he said 20. Uh, but that's, you know, that's roughly our age group and a little bit younger. And that he encouraged his parents to get the vaccine. He encourages, you know, people who are at risk to get the vaccine. He's hesitant about, he, he doesn't want to get the vaccine himself. He doesn't want to be called anti-vax because he, it's not like he's not getting vaccines. Right. It's just this one that he has questions about. And if you're listening to that very rational thought of, hey, um, I, I know exactly what this, I know the average age of death uh, due to COVID in Western New York is, I think it was 77 uh, last year, it might be, uh, or maybe that's this year, it was uh, maybe 80 the year before. Right. I know that. I know uh, who generally has a negative outcome. I feel I don't follow, but I want to make sure that my loved ones are protected. That is a stance that should be respected, right? In the meantime, it's not a, it's not a stance that is going to prove to be, based on everything we know right now, a threat to public health. Yet that is still a person, and you could see, it's it's a one way or another. You know, people have their dug-in sides on this right. as the texts roll in. <laughs> yeah, it's, for sure. It's a stance that a lot of people agree with, but it's some that people hear the first words out of your mouth and say, you're the biggest idiot, you shouldn't be uh, heard on, you, you know, your voice shouldn't be heard on the radio or TV, you're spreading misinformation, uh, disregarding all the other misinformation you've heard over the last week that might be contributing to more people uh, right. not getting the vaccine. I, it, it's, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what you accomplish, but I just hope that people take in, you listen to, uh, whether it's Alex, somebody who is probably not going to see, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you uh, uh, some credit and assume that your self-description was pretty accurate if you're in shape, a, a younger person, or whether it's somebody who's literally in a hospital bed. And they're trying to tell you the message, and you're not listening, then you don't actually want to get people vaccinated. All you want to do is spout off, right. is to get credit on social media. You know, I am not going to believe you if you are not actually listening. Exactly. Uh, Brian, before we get out of here, there's some news that broke during our show today. And uh, I just want to make sure you saw this. The Cleveland baseball team is changing their name. I don't know if you got the news. I knew that they were. Yes. I didn't know that they made it official. Here we go. I want to get your reaction on air. The Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. With the same script as the current Cleveland Indians name. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> my reaction as well. <laughs> I don't listen. I am. Uh, I'm support. You can change your name to whatever. I was supportive of the idea for sure. I think we could have done better than Guardians. I think Cleveland baseball team would have been better. I, I the Cleveland baseball club. Um, the, just Cleveland baseball. I would like a team with no name. They don't even put, you know, you know, Washington football. Don't even put the football. Just team. the city. You're just Cleveland. Yeah. Right. I mean, more difficult to move your team. Come on. I <laughs> Guardians is a. I think that's a weak creative franchise name. Should have spent a few more months on it. Yeah. Instead of going into the video game and choosing one of the uh, logos that they gave for you. <laughs> You know, I, there was no real rush, right? You nope. said you were going to do it? No, you, you you have the rest of the season still playing as the Indians. You have all off-season. You had till next April to make a decision. You even had, you could have kept it another year. Yeah. And I don't think people would have been Guardians. Weak. Maybe it was an April Fool's joke. You know, I mean, these are the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, and they're happening in 2021. Why can't April Fool's happen in uh, July 23rd? See, this is why <laughs> you should definitely be a PR person. <laughs> I, hey, we spun it on you, uh, April Fool's. Hey, uh, thanks for hanging out with us, BMS and Beer. We'll be back next week on WBEM. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.